Hi, welcome to Thriving in Midlife, Living Beyond Mediocre. If you're a woman who is struggling in this season of life called midlife, then you have found the right place. Because in this show, we will discuss all topics that affect women during midlife, such as relationships, wellness, fitness, stress, careers, finances, and faith. I'm Cheryl Esch, creator of this show and a health and fitness professional with a passion to encourage and guide women in midlife to have a full, vibrant life now and beyond. The show will offer strategies drawn from my own experiences in addition to speaking with experts. My desire is to educate, empower, and encourage women through this podcast to become greater than mediocre in body, mind, and spirit. I hope you will join on a weekly basis with Thriving in Midlife by subscribing to this podcast. Let's rise above the mediocrity and thrive. Hello, you wonderful women out there. Welcome back to Thriving in Midlife. I hope your 2021 has been fantastic and we have a much brighter outlook. And I had considered doing a podcast on how to set goals and be successful in achieving those goals. But, you know, there's so much information overload on this topic out there right now, being the new year and all, that I felt I would say a few general ideas and resources before I get into today's topic. In general, obtaining a goal requires developing good habits. So I highly recommend the book Atomic Habits by James Clear to help you determine some strategies for yourself. I personally, for at least the past six years or more, have followed another tactic for breaking my life into categories and only tackling one to three goals per quarter. And much of what I do is actually outlined in another great resource by Michael Hyatt called Living Forward. He recommends using nine life categories. I've seen other people use similar strategies and they actually have you break it down into 12 categories. And I have in the past even used as little as seven categories. So this is something you can look into and decide which categories are important in your life. And I actually do this planning, this yearly planning in late October uh, because it, it is pretty intensive. And then another final resource that I just started using and really like is the Commit 30 Planner. Finally, I actually will add a link to a YouTube video I did last year at this time on avoiding four pitfalls in goal setting to help you. And that'll be in the notes for this podcast. And if there's a topic that you want to hear more about, let me know in the comments as well. And you may think as midlife women, why is it even necessary to set goals? Um, you know, or your life is overtaken by just your family life, your job, and there's not much time left for you. And that's true. But I am here to tell you it is even more critical right now during what is called this transitional period of your life. Uh, there's so much changing. Our bodies are changing, our health, our relationships, our family, even our ambitions are changing at this age. I have felt like since I've turned 50 that I am kind of reinventing myself. So 
I feel that setting goals is really important in helping to um, be successful in that. And one of that is by developing habits, as I mentioned earlier. And also maybe you're staring down empty nest in the near future. And what an incredible opportunity you could create. It's an exciting time. and I personally revel in the possibilities as I soon will also be an empty nester. I think dreaming about your future holds is important and even setting intentions or goals. It kind of makes us have something to look forward to and plan for and to better ourselves, which is why we do this. Hopefully you've been considering and writing down goals for yourself. Not just now, but all the time. And revising those goals too is a good idea as well. But instead of talking about that, I will discuss the topic today is of deep knowledge and passion of mine. It's exercise. I've been in the fitness industry for 30 years now. I got into it because when I was in college at The Ohio State University, I was convinced and invited by a friend to go take a fitness class at the big gym on campus. And when we got there, it was a huge gym and the instructor was up on this platform with a microphone on and we were doing a lot of choreography. Uh, Back then, a high-low impact was sort of the thing. And as I marveled and watched this person up on that platform, I said, I can do that. I mean, I'm a dancer. This is was so easy. I caught on quickly. And man, to have fun and get paid for it, why not? So once I left college, I did get my group fitness certification right away. And I started teaching exercise classes. And some of the first classes that I did teach were at a community college where they offered a lot of those sort of recreational, non-credit type of classes. And the majority of the people in those classes that I taught were middle-aged women, which is where I'm at now. And I recall a lot of them would ask me for advice on how to lose weight and particularly how to lose that the middle muffin top area that we often are have a hard time getting rid of in midlife. And of course, being naive and not having as much knowledge about exercise physiology and women's hormones, I of course gave them the answer, well, you need to exercise more. You need to do some more cardio. Um, and you know, watch what you're eating, kind of all those just basic recommendations, which I apologize because that was just so uh, naive of me and arrogant that I didn't know back then. I mean, I was 22 and didn't have a weight problem and I didn't understand the female uh, endocrine system to help them out and to guide them in proper ways. So I am here to help with that right now with this topic on what type of exercise is best for midlife women. Um, As I've gotten that question a lot, I'm going to answer that in more of a broad scale today. But as you can guess, the top 
two New Year's resolutions that people make are exercise and diet to lose weight. And basically what I'm going to talk about is kind of encompassing that. We'll talk about exercise. And since I'm almost 100% certain that you've probably made one or both those goals on your list for 2021, because maybe you have gained some weight over COVID, or you're just plain struggling, um, like most midlife women are, because their biggest frustration is the inability to lose weight. Even despite working out and eating well, I hear from so many women in this period of their life that are really frustrated with that, and they don't understand why. Well, let me be upfront, as there are many factors that can contribute to not losing weight and having that typical muffin top, that extra layer of fat in the midriff area. First of all, we must consider if there are any underlying issues such as low thyroid, Hashimoto's, diabetes, or any other autoimmune diseases. Then you would want to consider the hormone balance in your body. What are the levels of your estrogen, the progesterone, testosterone, your adrenals, HGH, cortisol, insulin, and even your thyroid? Okay, All are part of your endocrine system. And if your hormones are out of balance, regulating your weight will be an uphill battle. Third, the types of food you are eating. Okay, We want to be mindful of what we're eating. So you could exercise to the moon and back, but you know, you're sitting down and eating ice cream or Twinkies every night. That's not going to help you. So you have to be looking at what you're eating and putting into your body. And then fourth, the level of inflammation in your body and how many toxins are also in your body um, and how you flush them out can influence um, whether you're able to lose weight or not. So again, those are First, autoimmune, you have to consider second, hormone levels. Are they balanced or not? And then third, types of food. Are you eating all processed or is it all natural and organic? Whole food. Fourth one, inflammation. Um, When our bodies are inflamed, we cannot uh, lose weight. And then toxins. Toxins build up and they actually get stored in your fat cells. So often by the time we hit our 40s, which is when most people start into their perimenopause um, or what we call midlife period. But some people actually start perimenopause even in their late 30s. And they might start to feel decline in a lot of those hormones, have a lot going on with their thyroid too, tends to start to give them issues around this time. But typically in our 40s, We have parceled out our time to others, our children, our spouses, friends, work, taking care of the house, and leaving little for us, little time for us, which is part of the problem is when we are in the throes of this period of our life, we tend to put other people first, and we don't have time for exercise, and other priorities may be more important, but... If we approached our health as if our continued life depended on it, then I think we could make exercise a top priority, a non-negotiable. 
sometimes there's a wake-up call or rearranging of priorities that come on the heels of maybe a health scare or a bad report from your doctor during an annual checkup. Or it may just transpire out of frustration of just being dumb with always feeling blah, lacking energy, or just gaining weight and feeling depressed. This was my impetus. Plus, I, I have the desire to live to 100 years old. I know you think I'm crazy, but I also look at when I see older people walking around in, you know, using a cane or they're hunched over, um, they're shuffling their feet. And I just, my heart just aches because I do not want to end up that way. So that is part of the reason I stay active and I take care of my body. And although I always get the question of what type of exercise someone should be doing in midlife, and I really would love to just dive in and prescribe an individual exercise plan, exercise plan for all of you listening. I can't. Uh, so I will offer suggestions here based on two categories of people. So there are the sedentary or somewhat sedentary group of women. And then there's the ones who already have a regular exercise routine. So for each of those categories, whichever one you may fall into, I'm going to give you some suggestions, uh, depending on which category you fall under. So what do I categorize as sedentary? Well, be honest with yourself. I had to, around 2013 or so, I had quit teaching dance and fitness full time and was working a desk job at this point. I had gained some weight, but still did not consider myself overweight. I ended up going to a heart specialist since I have mitral valve prolapse. And I was experiencing some labored breathing while walking upstairs. After the checkup, he sat me down and he basically told me, very rudely, but it was a wake-up call, that I was in fact overweight and basically sedentary. And the truth hurt. It hurt my ego because I had never been in this predicament before. I was always fit and active and never overweight. Well, welcome to your 40s and perimenopause, I suppose. So it was a wake-up call, and I did realize that I wasn't moving my body as much as I used to or should. So for those that fall into that category, my first recommendation is you just need to move more. Most of us sit eight hours at a desk job, and even if we're not at a desk job, we're sitting in the car, we're sitting, eating, and for most of us, this is the reality. So first, you must find a type of activity that moves your body that you enjoy. Because if you hate the activity, you won't stick with it. For example, maybe you dislike running, yet you force yourself to start a from couch to 5K program. And it's literally like pulling teeth to continue this ongoing form of exercise. And then even if you do complete your first 5K Chances are you will never run again because you've hit that goal and you haven't made it part of your lifestyle. So if that's you and you maybe you don't like running, think of a variety of activities that are movement-based that you do enjoy. It could be anything from dancing to walking to hiking, biking, jumping rope, roller skating. Now that's super fun. Belly dancing, if you've never tried that, 
that is a lot of work for your core. Hula hooping, pole dancing, great upper body strength there. Pilates, yoga, swimming, kayaking, and there's a plethora of others. And so if we genuinely look at what we're doing while getting exercise, we will stick with it and in turn experience joy from the activity. So find something you like to do, something that moves your body. It doesn't have to be this like hardcore workout, okay? And maybe you do like to lift weights. Well, then go to the gym and lift weights. Get your body moving. The next thing is to schedule it in your calendar. And I recommend five days a week. Again, I'm not saying hardcore. You need to just move your body. I would say even to try to do it for at least 20 minutes and then over time work up to maybe 30 minutes. And only keep your intensity at a moderate pace. You can check your heart rate, keeping it about 50 to 70% of your max heart rate. You should be perspiring and feel a bit breathless, but able, able to talk during the activity. And scheduling it in will hold you accountable. You also might want to even find somebody to do this with so that you can be held accountable. But we just need to move our bodies more. We have to be honest. When we get to this, um, this age, this period of our life, that we do, we get comfortable, we get soft, and we get lazy. And so just being honest with getting up and just moving yourself. Now, maybe you're on the opposite end of the spectrum. And you've been exercising like mad every day and the weight won't come off. I was also at that juncture, especially when I was doing my intense training for my triathlon I participated in while I was in my 40s. I thought for sure I would have lost several pounds, but the scale just didn't budge. I learned later through research that two things prevented me from losing weight despite my intense exercise and running, biking, and swimming, was my cortisol levels were elevated and I was experiencing inflammation within my body. So the inflammation was because I was working out so hard and kind of pounding on my joints and I do have some arthritis, so increasing that inflammation in my joints. Now stress causes our cortisol levels to rise. Sometimes this is a good thing. For example, when we exercise, we are putting stress on our body, but in a more positive way, as long as it's not too intense. Weight gain can be associated with increased inflammation in the body. There was a 2019 study that found levels of a key inflammatory marker in the blood known as C-reactive protein, CRP, which increased as weight increased. So this inflammation actually appears to be triggered by hormonal and metabolic changes and remains until excess weight is lost. The other thing about inflammation is that it can lead to insulin resistance. This is due to inflammatory compounds that impair the way insulin works. So this leads to higher glucose levels as well as fat accumulation in the liver, which further contributes to the insulin resistance. And it's just this vicious cycle of the weight gain causing more insulin and insulin leading to more weight gain. So those that are doing some hardcore workouts, I recommend that you, first of all, check to make sure 
you are not experiencing or suffering from adrenal fatigue. Because when your adrenals are depleted, this does affect the whole endocrine system, including your thyroid, which is kind of works in conjunction with your adrenals. And then back to that hormonal, making sure your hormones are leveled out. Um, because when we are experiencing some of this uh, low thyroid, adrenal fatigue, and say we have estrogen dominance, um, the whole high intensity workouts are probably not what your body needs right now. So recommendation is to pull back, cut back, do some more moderate exercise, heal your adrenals, get them supported. There are some herbs out there that can help. You may want to go see a functional practitioner to find out some thorough ways to address all those issues that are connected. And again, reduce the intensity of your exercising. I will have to tell you, so after I did that triathlon and I trained for about four months pretty intensely. And then after I did the triathlon, of course, during that time, I hadn't lost anything. I gave myself a big break several weeks where I actually did very little. I did some walking, some Pilates and yoga, some very moderate exercise, still moved my body. And that is actually when the weight came off. It was after I allowed my body to heal, I started to address my adrenals that were just shot and my thyroid in conjunction with that. So there may be just a time when you need to step back for those that are doing those high intensity workouts. And then once you've healed and you've restored those systems in your body, then you can try to go back to maybe increasing your workouts or your intensity. So to recap, for those that are sedentary or less active than they maybe were in the past, Get yourself moving. Find an activity that you enjoy doing and get moving. Five days a week, doesn't have to be intense, but moving that body will help you feel better. And eventually you can increase either the time or the intensity as you start to sort of fall in love with how your body feels from moving. You know, it gets those endorphins going. And that's kind of like that natural high that we feel uh, that when we exercise, that happens. And for those that are maybe overactive in their intensity of their exercise and feel stuck and struggling, maybe take a time to pull back, let your body heal, go see a functional practitioner to make sure um, your systems are working properly. And then when you feel ready, you know, you feel like you've healed your body, but still keep moving. I'm just saying pull back on that intensity and maybe even the duration. So maybe you're doing two hours a day. Maybe that's too much. And if you are interested and you happen to be in the Dallas area and you do want to work with myself one-on-one, I would be happy to do that. I would be happy to guide you through not only an exercise program, I utilize my health coaching knowledge to 
implement some suggestions for um, eating, which will complement your exercise, some health tip strategies, and even lifestyle strategies for yourself. Thanks for listening today. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. The more listeners I have, the more I'll be able to bring in some guest speakers for you folks that can speak a little more in depth and with expertise on certain topics that I'd really like to present to you. And tell your friends, have your friends subscribe as well so we can grow our audience and we can be a thriving community, a tribe of women that want to live beyond mediocre. I'll be talking about ways to detox, which I did mention very little in this last episode, but we're taking through some different detox strategies, especially as the new year rolls around. A lot of people want to kind of get rid of that garbage physically. I know we're trying to leave 2020 behind, but let's look at 2021 and approach it with a clear mind and a clear body through some detox strategies, which I will share on the next episode. Thank you so much, and let's thrive together.